Start at 929.0. Welcome back for another classic discussion of all things Starfleet and all things non-Starfleet as well, but we're at it. Uh, this is Le Pedant, and joining me, as usual, are the the two here. I will allow them to introduce themselves again. We're not here. One of you is. The other's in the closet. And he won't come out. I'm definitely not coming out. It's nice in here. It's warm and safe. Fair enough. You know, so, you know who I am. I'm the great Venomous, who is currently in a closet. And uh, I am the Econoplast. I really want to get back into that name discussion again, but not today. Anyway. We got plenty of names to discuss today. We do have plenty of names to discuss Ooh. today. That is in regards a, to our recent yeah. discussion, in regard to our recent discussion, we uh, did a deep dive into two captains of merit, uh, Picard and Cisco, not entirely detailing Admiral Picard's escapades. We have not gotten into those or retired Picard. Those well, are our future discussions. Yeah, we're talking about captains. We're talking about captains here. So, on that note. Up for discussion today are among the fan favorites. You have your Kirk, Janeway, Archer. We can go back into Picard and Cisco if we feel a need to. Uh, Pike and Lorca are the ones that I had listed. It's off. Captain Day on the Star Trek podcast. <laughs> Correct. So, who wants to take? Take their favorite captain and run with it. Of oh, who's um, left? Well, we did our favorite captain, technically. You guys did. Did you? We did our favorite captain. Today. Yeah. I. My issue is this: is that I haven't fully decided on a favorite captain. I'm currently still going through the whole process of learning about Archer, so I'm appreciating him as a captain so far. And that water polo speedo. That's mm. right. Water polo. Every captain got to have a hobby that doesn't make sense in space. <laughs> I mean, he's got that beagle, though. He does have uh, Porthos. You got to wonder how... And he has a weird obsession with Paul. Have, haven't yet seen how that's going to play out. I wonder... Mean... You, you wonder what horrible, it... what horrible thing would happen if... Uh, if a Vulcan was in Pond Far and there was a dog in heat at the same time. I have not, and I will not wonder that. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's that's illegal. That sounds like a holodeck episode. That sounds like, that sounds, oh man. That's, that's the starting podcast, After Dark. Yeah, we're going to have to set up a Patreon and people are going to have to pay for that one. <laughs> Exclusive clips. While we're at it, we can get into uh, Ferengi STDs while we're at it uh, on yes. that one. So, and Umox. And Umox. Good Umox. Hey, hey but, pedantic one. Can you get in frame? Not particularly. Do you need to see me? It's nice. The visual contact is a nice thing to have. Well, don't get too used to it. Yeah, don't worry. We're all practicing social distancing in the in future. The, in the future. And the past. Coronavirus is back. Oh, came, but every thousand years, Corona comes back. Yikes. That's the, Yeah. So, we're, we're lazy today, by the way. I'm just drinking Synthale. Yeah, just Synthale. Maybe some, uh, I might do some replicated whiskey. That's a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. But, so, and, well, sorry, replicated scotch. But, so, who wants to go, do you want to go in order of as they became captains chronologically? Or in, I say we check them off as we get to them. Okay, well, we got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. You, you want to start in the past with Archer? Yes. Yeah, let's, let's start with him. Yeah, you're okay. you're in you're in an enterprise binge right now. I am I am binging enterprise so, so in the uh, in the historical archives. I am currently in the second season and the ninth episodic section. 
Um, it was the most recent thing I discovered was a yeah they re-released Enterprise on Qualcomm disc again. That's correct. What's it doesn't matter. So <laughs> he's probably showing Gen One. Yeah. So what I was getting at was something right now. There, I ha I've had this this ongoing conflict when it comes to Archer of trying to understand whether I actually think he is a good captain. Granted, I am only halfway through his arc of captainhood, captaincy. Captain? Cap no, captain. I, I, that sounds like incontinence, and I don't like that. <laughs> so, captaincy, we're going to go with here. And I keep, it keeps this, the narration is telling me he's a good captain. And the way he's portrayed says this. Sometimes his actions sometimes lead me to this same conclusion. Sometimes they don't. Granted, the most recent episode I watched is when he when he gets a major headache from being too close to a, the wrong star and gets the best about writing a book and almost dooms his ship to destruction. So, not exactly a high-profile success right there. You, you know, but he did save um, Lieutenant Reed on multiple occasions and multiple occasions refusing to kill him, even though Lieutenant Reed thought that was a totally appropriate action as punishment of executing him, which, while we're on the subject, Lieutenant Reed is just asking to die and trying to convince someone to do it for him. But that's another topic. Yeah, there's... We could actually make a whole topic on, like, deeply emotionally distraught people in Starfleet. Oh, yeah. And how the crap did they pass the, the psychological screenings. The psychological exam. Oh, that's who... I had to remember... I had to refresh my memory of who that was for a second. Like, the British one. Yeah, the uptight British guy. Yeah, the British guy. Yeah. The, uh, weapons but officer or whatever. The armory officer. That's it. Armory. Yeah, he created it's the, the, the credit. Uh, it has to be armory. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Point, you may be but going back to Archer then. Going back to Archer. I don't know that he actually was ever portrayed as a good captain. The show keeps the individual characters will keep calling him cap a good captain. They will because that's he was the only one. Right. And that's what I'm getting at is that perhaps he suffers in a lack of comparison to other captains. Because he well, was the first of the... It was yeah, the first the first, NXO one, right? yeah, was yeah the first he's the, the first to leave the, sol the solar system, if I recall. Yeah. human. Yeah, like he got... He basically got... You know, he made all the stupid mistakes. Yeah. I'm still waiting for him to invent the Prime Directive, because someone has to, and currently he doesn't have it yet. And I don't trust Starfleet Command and their won't, won't spoil that Admiral. for you. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm, I'm working my way through that part. But but I I actually from the from the beginning on through, he was always portrayed as like he was he was almost portrayed more as an engineer. He's more of a pilot, yeah. More of a yeah, a test yeah. pilot, an engineer. Like kind of the early astronauts, yeah, were were tested, and they weren't actually like scientists or right. They're just these are the guys who can actually fly a plane and not yeah. destroy it. And I think that was a similar vibe there. I mean, that's kind of why basically Tucker, the chief engineer, was going was initially the second in command. Yes, because they were all about the the idea of just whoever knows the technology runs the thing. Yes. Yeah, because to Paul is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think I don't need to add to that point. But I, I think <laughs> Archer did the best with what he had, which yes. is nothing. Absolutely nothing. No yeah. training, really, in terms of how absolutely. to. Absolutely no training on how to handle other cultures, other than what he gets from Paul. Yeah, he got a you know a shiny new ship and a slap on the rear and said, "Go get him, Tiger." 
But not even that. He more or less stole it and said, uh, nah, I'm taking this Klingon home, even though you're telling me he should die. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, screw that. Yeah. So. Wasn't he always just being reprimanded by Balkans also? Yes. Mm -hmm. To Paul, less so. But all of the Vulcans that were a part of the High Council hated him. Which and, doesn't make sense. Well, well they didn't think I that didn't he was paid for contacting other species. Which yeah. archers, escapades, and among other captains later on go to kind of prove that. But hey, the Vulcans weren't great at it either. Yeah, I never got the the thing that Vulcans were master diplomats. They were not. When they had no concept of emotion. Well, they have a concept of emotion. Well, they it's all repressed. Yeah, it's all repressed, and I think it's it's full of crap. It is. When when a good diplomat should be extra sensitive towards emotions and yes. feelings and whatnot. Instead of being incredibly logical at every point in turn. Yeah. And their their logic tends to fail them a lot. So, like, one of the things I'm dealing with right now is, maybe I missed it, but I, there was another one that I saw where um, Archer is dealing, this is one of the times he saves Reed's life by refusing to just jettison him into space with a mine attached to his leg. Is that one sound familiar at all? Oh, yeah. But the part that I, that is not well handled at all, at least unless I missed it, is the fact that the mine and the ships that threaten them are Romulans, which the humans know nothing about, and T'Pol doesn't bother to say that they're Romulans, or nor does she understand their language. They have to get the universal translator to explain to them. I don't remember that one. So that one's kind of bothering me a little bit, but it's a good example of Archer being a survivor and refusing to just kill his people off because it was more convenient. So, in that sense, good captain. I don't know if you can qualify that as good, though. It's in, in one sense of not willingly just abandoning his crew. Archer is... I was, He's not a bad captain. I'd say he was good, but with a whole lot of qualifications. Good yeah. asterisk. Whole lot of asterisks next to Archer's captaincy. Yes, I agree with that. I think that is that, the actual captaincy. Yeah, so I mean grade him on the curve, he gets a B plus. Yeah. So then going proceeding forward in time, next up would be Kirk. No, sorry, Pike. Or Lorca comes up next. Lorca and Pike. They're kind of simultaneous. Yeah. So who do you want to go for first? Have the lights on, or I want to wear a gold shirt. See, you both have me at disadvantage because I have no idea who any of these are. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, well, you take from the pilot. Uh, from the pilot, yes, and from the uh, the amazing quote, "The women." Yeah. Which... <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah. That would be. Uh, right. that Can't would argue be. that point. No. So, so Pike wins. The, Pike wins over Lorca on that. Yeah. Actually, it was Spark the one that yelled that out. But Pike was no, around. Was, yeah, he was. Around. But so Lorca, Lorca was great in that he does Lorca count as a Starfleet captain? Well, yeah. Is this Discovery, I, mean, I take it? This is Discovery. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep into Lorca because it's going to screw you over. Yeah, actually. But, okay, so, yeah. we let, let's, let's put a hold on Lorca for now. <laughs> let's go into Pike, though. Yeah. How much do you want to say about Pike? Pike was fantastic. Yes, he was. Pike was fantastic. And especially... He had a a fantastic mix of empathy and like bravado. Yes, which, which you wouldn't think the two of those things would mix. No, but I think as much as anyone could, he handles that well. And like 
balances two very starkly different qualities and allows it to dictate his captaincy in a very flattering way many yeah. times. Yeah. So Pike was great, but also Pike had a bit of a our experience with him had more of a mercenary type feel to him. Yeah. Yeah. That he just he's around for a little bit, then he's gone, and he's just taking care of things for a bit. Well, he also was dealing with Section 31, so I kind of get that. Yeah. Exactly. So anyways. So I, I, I appreciate Pike a lot on that front. I will say the biggest quality that Pike has in his favor is number one. Oh, yeah. Number one's fabulous. Yes. And especially because she never gets another name. She is number one. Mm-hmm. It will not be addressed in any other way. So, I've certainly come to appreciate Pike a lot. And then going down in progression from Pike, unless um, the great Beanimus would like to chime in on two captains he knows very little about. Uh, the only thing I really have about Pike is just from what I've seen of A, the Kelvin verse, which is very brief. Because he becomes an admiral within like five minutes. Yeah, that's fair. So again, we discussed admirals aren't counting for this purpose. Correct. So then next up would be Picard. Well, you're skipping. Yeah, am I, I skipping? The big boy. Oh, sorry, I am dumb. I am skipping a bit. And and this is probably what all the nerds in the world hate us for that that we haven't gone into Kirk at all. Yeah. Now's our time. Do we really need to get into Kirk though? Absolutely. Well, he got himself into plenty of other things. Yeah. Uh, what is there to be said about James Siberius Kirk? That is oh, that a great middle name. Tiberius? That's a lot of syllables. I mean, it's a lot of syllables, but it's very Roman, which is everything Starfleet. Wouldn't yeah, that he... just be a characteristic of just him? No, because he always shortens it to James T. He like hardly even uses his middle name. Yeah, he, yeah. he had that feeling of someone who was very embarrassed by his middle name. You know, it's awesome. What's your name? Bye-bye. James Kirk. I'm sorry, what James T. Kirk? What's T stand for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, shut your mouth. Um, so, on the regards of Kirk's captaincy, on the whole, I I think he does one thing. Kirk does a good job is he, other than he he puts people in positions for them to succeed. Other than the mm-hmm. one ensign who's just his uh, barmaid, mm-hmm. but other than that. He puts people where they need to be to succeed in their positions. He's He was never afraid to put Ohara in charge of communications or trust a Vulcan to be his science officer or a whiny doctor who he loves but also pretends to hate all the time just for fun. So, like, and, and then not to mention um, engineer, I'm blanking. Scotty. Scotty. We're also missing somebody else. You go on. Really? We're missing one person from that bridge crew. Other than Chekhov? And, yeah. uh, and uh, oh, crap. I can't oh, even name them. That one. Oh, that too. That too. Who, I, who do you think I missed? I was referencing uh, Chekhov. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I didn't get to. I didn't get to. Um, I was working my way like, work my way back to front, and then I forgot about engineering, which is how Kirk often handled his missions. Back to front. Back to front. <laughs> well, if you know what I mean. That's. I, I mean, I will say this: Kirk handled meeting new species very well. He never seemed to be... By either punching them in the face or making love to them. 
I'd, I'd say that's a success in most cases. Double punch to the back for a Gorn. Mm-hmm. I still well, don't like, understand how that really works. It's like I have to like, something, I guess. But, um, I guess so. Like, even one of the earliest uh, episodes of the historical archive is how Kirk handles the issue with... Um, the one, not crew member, but they pick up a guy who, like, suddenly gains uh, psionic powers. I can't think of his name right now. You know what I'm going for here? It was like the second episode. I, I do remember it was, it was like Ryan or... I keep thinking Kyle XY, and that's not the same thing. That is not the same thing. He was born in a test tube. And didn't have a belly button. He did not. What was that guy's name? I'm bringing it up now. Smooth stomach. I don't like that. <laughs> it's a bit unsettling. Oh, he, yeah, Chuckoff was a... Uh, Charlie, his stomach's smooth. His eyes are red. Charlie X. Yes. So that one's always interesting. Also, the the one right before that, where the Enterprise is stalked by the uh, the salt being, the salt vampire that can shape shift. So, like, the, Kirk ran into a lot of very challenging situations, and for the most part, did not destroy Enterprise nearly as often as some other captains did. As he probably should have, because most of the time the Enterprise is always in jeopardy. Yes, but never in the same degree that other captains put their ship into. Like, for example, going back to Archer, it always seems like something is broke when Archer's flying around. Granted, that was the first starship, I know, though. I know. But he's not my only example. Later on, we didn't get to her yet. Janeway, similar issue. Again, Stuck in the Delta Quadrant, nowhere to help her. But um, it, it just seemed like his ship never got as damaged. You know, as I'm, yeah, as I'm listening to this, an interesting kind of theory is crystallizing. Mm. Especially with Archer and Kirk, and I'm sure if I thought hard enough, it probably would apply to most of the other captains. Do you think that it's more a case that they get reputations as a captain that kind of precedes them. Oh, I think that's the case. And that probably in reality, none of them are as great as they're they're remembered for. Sure. No, I think that's absolutely part of it. With the exception of all of them. <laughs> I think there's certain parts of it that is portrayed that way. I think some of them have things that Sure, they, they have shortcomings that are not in the archives. But I think plenty of their shortcomings are and how they overcome them. So I think we do get a good sense of their qualifications as captains. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doubting anything of that sort, but it's also... It's also subjective to the, the viewer. Like, I think about Kirk, especially in, like, the second time with Khan... And, sure, and uh, during that time, like he had such a reputation that there were all these Klingons that they just, you know, Kirk had a huge price on his head. And oh, he was a, he was definitely a shoot first, ask questions, never kind of captain. Yeah, he but he had this reputation of this like unstoppable like leader of the Federation. In reality, he was a a skilled, competent captain with some flaws. Probably like, like every single one of them. Yeah, but they just got, you know, Jonathan Archer got like, you know, a continent worth of high schools named after him. Oh, for sure. And yeah, Kirk, Kirk probably the same way at the after a period of time. I mean, Kirk kind of rewrote the book. Yeah, well, Kirk loved being captain. That's the thing. Because correctly, like him telling Picard when they met. That one time, because of uh, of 
ribbon Rhythm. in space mm-hmm. for reason for plot. It was just you know, what did he tell him? There's something about like whatever you do, don't make them or Starfleet take you off the bridge that oh, the bridge with that ship because all your captain can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And because when he got promoted to an admiral and he was touring like the whole ship, the Enterprise uh, B or whatever it was, mm-hmm. sucking that ribbon, he tried to do what he was trying to do as a captain, which was essentially save the day, make right. sure the less casualties as possible, even if it ended up giving up his own life, which he kind of did. Multiple times. Multiple times. So, and, that, and that's what I'm getting at with regards to the qualifications of a captaincy. So I think each of them found ways to make it their own and put their imprint on Starfleet. So like by the time Kirk's day, there are other captains. He's not the only one out there like Archer was. Yeah. But none of them that we meet are nearly as capable or so it seems other than you know we get more information on pike later but like when when you meet some of these other captains or these later on admirals who don't seem to know nearly as much as your the captain who is meeting with these admirals it it goes to show me a reflection of how well they're perceived in their uh, universe as it is at the time. I mean, Kirk did be the Kiyoshi Maru test, so... He did. That shows you something. Yeah. Only one. No matter matter how impossible the situation, he will find a way out of it. And he always did. He always did. Yeah. I will say this. I don't know how well Kirk would have fared against the Q. Or the Borg. Or the Borg. He would have tried to bang the Borg. Resistance is futile. (laughs) Death by (laughs) Sinusu? I guess... If you have have sex with one drone, do all of them feel it? (laughs) It is a collective. Yeah. We are the Borg. Oh, that's wrong. This makes it so much worse when you consider some of the uh, the later reclaimed Borg, the XBs, and among yeah. others, the memories of Kirk pseudo banging them. <laughs> Just don't want to think about that too much. Nope. Definitely, definitely don't want to do that. Oh, man. Here's a question for you. How well do you think any other captain would have done with handling the conundrum that was Data? Effectively taking an android, raising it as a child into a man, but also as one of your subordinates, in a way? Kind of knowing that, like, where that line is, when yeah. and when not to cross it. Yes. How do you think, like, say, Kirk would have handled that? I don't know. Do you think he would have had the patience required to handle that? And that's. I think that's because. I mean, he had he had Spock. He did, but Spock was a capable, like, interstellar being already. Long before Starfleet. You know who I think would have handled it the worst? I'd like to hear this one. Is Janeway. Really? I think I think she would be very demanding. Uh, I think she would treat him like a computer. See, I don't think so. I, I don't agree with that. Okay. I, I, I look at her handling of Harry Kim and... Yeah, the poor dude, like, for seven years, never got a single promotion. But he had a lot of responsibility for an ensign. Tom Paris got promoted and demoted twice. Yes, we've discussed that. And Harry Kim never got a single thing. But it's Tom Paris. He's so 
so capable. Darn sexy dogs. He went warp and turned into a newt. <laughs> he did, and he got better. I got better. So, I actually think Jane Wolf would have been fine. I don't think she would have treated him as computer because she didn't treat a lot of the others that were around her. Like, she didn't treat Tuvok worse for being a Vulcan. She loved Chakotay and his face tats. And, yeah. and like, she dealt with Neelix, who none of us would have done that. Well, yeah, I would have. I would have. Blown so, Neelix on airlock a long time ago. Well, not only that, she dealt with... Alright, if you want to just give kind of almost like a parallel, you have Data, and then yeah. you have Seven of Nine and the EMH. Ah, there's a, there's a much much closer comparison. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. She allowed so the EMH... Kind of to I knew there was eight person. Sorry, I'm talking over you. Go ahead. You, you were... She was, um, she allowed the EMH to, as she said at one point, evolve beyond his programming and sat up all night with the dude while he just. Are, also, are we skipping over like anybody else? No, we'll get back to her. No, I'm, I'm not ready to d- d- deep dive into Janeway, but it's appropriate for this discussion. It is. It, 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 it segued into this, into this it, way. It, but yeah. Very organically did. But we could also take this moment to uh, refresh our refreshments. Yeah. My Mine's is, Mine's so, is sad. Let's take so. a brief moment to consult the replicator and get some more Charles Chew. <laughs> and we're back. With a return to the discussion of captains and their captaincy, and with fresh glasses full fresh of glasses full of what are you drinking today, sir? Andorian shipwreck. Oh, exotic! How about ye? Well, it seems like my replicator messed up my first drink, so I just went simple. I just got a replicated ale. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they get in the fritz. Which doesn't make yeah, sense. That's a topic for another day. You got to clean the ice linear chips from time to time. Yeah, that's right. Purge the uh, uh, impulse manifolds. Sometimes that implement. You have to turn it off and on again. You you do. What's that? What the crap? I don't know. Oh, you got a leaf in there. I got a leaf in there. I yeah. got a leaf in there. That's for flavor. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Okay, so back to uh, captains. I believe we left off on a discussion of other captains and how they would handle data. We were diving briefly into Janeway, who will get a, a longer discussion than just this, I would hope. Mm-hmm. But specifically her handling of the EMH and how does that parallel with Picard's handling of data? Yes, that's what I was talking about. Um, so yeah, I mean, she, what I already said before, she let the EMH evolve beyond its programming or his programming, stayed up with the EMH when he was having an existential crisis. Installed and hollow projectors throughout the ship so he could travel. No, it wasn't a hollow projector. It was a thing from the 27th century, the um, mobile emitter. But later. Yes, later. But they did install hollow projectors on the on the deck, so on the um, like on the on the bridge, engineering bridge, engineering, a couple places so he could travel before they got that. Before they got the mobile emitter. Ah, yes, the mobile emitter was later because they stole that. Yes. Yes. Now, let's not give her too much credit though, because she didn't actually pull bulkheads down and do something. She gave an order. And Bologna, isn't that what good captains do? And Bolana and her crew did that, so... I mean, isn't that what yeah. any captain does? Isn't that what every captain does? That is. But I, I would also say, I think the more accurate comparison is Janeway with Seven of Nine. I think both, both work. Like, both are necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonder, yeah, because you brought up Janeway because of both 
things she handled. Yeah, I want to save the points of seven of nine when we actually get into the discussion of Janeway because that I is I agree with that. Important. Sounds like we're in the Janeway discussion right now. We can do that. It's just do you feel we gave Kirk his due diligence? He he two handed punch and slept with women. That was that was his thing. <laughs> Sometimes I, he, I, he did do great things though. He did. I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm dismissing him. I, I shouldn't. You shouldn't. I but agree that you should. Most of these best captain discussions are usually Kirk and Picard, not Picard Cisco. Yeah, ours is ours was Picard Cisco, and now we're gonna add Janeway to the mix. I think I don't know. The topic of just James Tiberius Kirk has just been dissected in every other medium. For millennia mm-hmm. to the point that i'm like i don't know what what is what's there left to say what he was yeah. yeah i get that what do you add to it i mean he was a good captain he he did you know he loved being a captain he loved trying to be making a difference while he was on the bridge mm-hmm. yeah right. he, he was picked a fight with things and uh, often won most of the time won so, so let's get some Janeway going here. Yeah, because I believe she would be the next in progression. She would. So let's jump into Janeway. I mean, not jump into Janeway. That sounds like Kirk right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a good segue. Well said. I, I was looking for it. I knew it was there. Couldn't quite find it. Stumbled into it. Anyway. And, and Venomous just jumped into it head first. <laughs> Just as Kirkwood. Yes. Hey. My my compliments. <laughs> For those, oh, should I even describe what I just saw? <laughs> I don't believe you should. I think that's one of the perks of our being able to record this way is that we can continue to have side sidebars. Probably. It seems like a guest has arrived. Yes, they have. Uh, we have an interstellar comment passing through. So, and <laughs> is that what it is? But so Janeway then. So Janeway then. So Janeway. Um, I think she deserves credit first off for the fact that she got kicked out of her, you know, quadrant of space. Far before she was due, and Correct. had to survive for how many years? Many. I don't remember the number. Like seven. At least seven. Seven or eight. Seven of nine. So, you know, she she did a good job of keeping things together. I think at the end of the day, that was more the the metric of her success. It was not that. Like the fact that she got everyone home was was the goal, and everything she did above and beyond that was more of a bonus. True, I think she did a very admirable job in regards to how she handled a lot of things she faced. Like one of the first things she deals with is the Ocompans and Kess, and her like progression into some Q-like being under her watch, and I believe she handles that very admirably. Mm-hmm. And she deals with Neelix without killing him, which has to be worth yeah. something. Yeah, they, that makes her a saint in my book. Yeah. I would have I <laughs> got the airlock in two seconds flat. I love what the standard is just don't kill Neelix and you're fine. Okay, can I just ask I found Neelix adorable. Yes, was he annoying, but he was adorable as just a person. Let me Why ask you. Hate... How did how do you compare Neelix to flocks? Different species, but how do you compare the two? I found flocks more annoying. I find flocks more morally superior. And no- yes, but Morley's theory does not equate that he's not annoying AF. I am not arguing that point. Phlox was annoying, but Phlox kept to himself. He did. He stayed in sickbay. 
And I, I think that was his saving grace. That Neelix kept jumping up onto the bridge. And Just like, to deliver hors d'oeuvres? Yeah, to deliver hors d'oeuvres. And like, oh, I know them. I, I got kicked off our planet twice. Here, let me talk to this guy. I have sold stuff to them before, but yeah. I will conveniently leave out the fact that they tried to kill me for it. Well, you know, I, there was an interesting theory, and I... He had connections. He did. He did have connections. He kept them... He His connections kept them alive longer than they would have on their own. I might do a rewatch of Voyager for this, because I, I read an interesting theory that Neelix initially took them on, like, a really backwards roundabout way through... I've heard that Through theory. the Delta Quad Quadrant, just because he was trying to, like, take them where... It's, I he was trying to use them in a way. Well, I, re I always remember this story of uh, a friend telling the kid when she was driving like a little eight-year-old kid home and he was giving like directions to her and she realized at the end of it that he was following the bus route through the housing <laughs> plan. So like she was like going back and forth through these streets. Left Before right. she finally got to the actual house, Before, which would have been a straight and a right. Which yeah, would have been one straight and a right. But because he the only way he knew was the bus route that he that she was driving past all these houses. And I think Neelix was was the eight year old kid giving Janeway the bus route directions. Like this is the next planet that I know. It's this way. And Jane was like, I could just go this way. This is my home. And she's like, he's like, no, 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 go this way. No, no, no. That'll take 14 years. There's there's good sushi over here. Let's go. Let's go. And Okay. I mean, he did try. He, he did his best with what he had to try to, like, keep morale up. Wasn't oh, like he, did, he good was a good morale officer. I will give him that. He did do a good job as a morale officer. Yeah. And I don't know. He, he tried his best, and I was like, you know, you give you give your kid a nice pat on the head. It's like you try and you give him a gold star, and you send him away. You know, I, I'm I'm wondering how how the USS Voyager was regarded by the other captains at the time. Yeah, at at the end of it, because you know, a lot of them got to read the logs and whatnot, and. I think it was it was probably in most textbooks it was like a paragraph. Yeah. And that's kind of the not not with what the what what the Voyager went through, especially with the whole Borg and um with, species with, Air Force, whatever they were called. Seven two. Yeah. No, that that is Oh yeah, I forgot about them. That 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 was a thing. But I, I tend to think for Sorry I did. Unless you're unless you're actually like a Borg specialist or like into that like you know nanobiology or something that study, I tend to think that you know the the kids of like you know Admiral Picard's day that we went to start for the academy read that that you know Voyager did a wonderful thing, survived eight years in the Delta Quadrant, and got themselves home. And and that was about it. And yeah, and, and I think that's where it, I I think Voyager suffers in regards to other ones, is that it wasn't met with the same fanfare, so you don't get the same results. Like where Picard invented the Picard maneuver and like other things that he did that will make their way into textbooks, and he did it closer to home. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I think your point is getting at is that Starfleet may think, oh, this is, like, a very over-centralized thing. We don't have to put a lot of credence into this, so don't put, bother putting it in the books. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think I'm I'm the voice of dissension on this one. I, I, I'm with you in appreciation of Voyager and its captain. Because I, I do I, actually I, think... I think uh, Janeway is one of my favorites after having watched everything. Yes. Here is my take on just that. Yes. Because if you go... Here. Is what? That is the point of our discussion here. It is. Um, I like how we tried naming other captains and we just went straight for Janeway. 
Well, it's because that's what you and I wanted. Yeah. But, I mean, probably, yes, Picard does have the Picard maneuver. Kirk has the the things about Kobayashi Maru. Um, Cisco has whatever Cisco has. (laughs) Cisco Cisco won the Dominion War. Calm down. (laughs) You had your day. It was made and I'll have... It was just that. Cisco will never die. He will only multiply. But, yeah, you could you could sum up everything that, that happened with the Voyager crew in probably like a paragraph and a half. But then you dive into everything that happened with the Voyager crew and how how Janeway actually just handled everything. Yeah, I agree. Um, one example that comes to mind is the one time they were going through the Delta Quadrant. Which is the whole thing. And they, well, yeah, it's just the whole thing. First off, she probably mapped the damn Delta Quadrant, so... Hey, there's the Janeway maneuver. How to zigzag across the Delta Quadrant over seven years. The The... The the Janeway maneuver C uh Neelix directions giving appendix A or whatever. Yeah. But um and that's before we get to yeah. Fairhaven. Before what? Fairhaven. <laughs> oh, we can hold on to Fairhaven. Well, yeah, we will. I think that's a no, Fairhaven is oh. a whole holodeck discussion. So that is episode ninety three. You stop numbers. <laughs> Okay. So, okay, so back to back to Janeway. So, um, the example I was just thinking that just came to mind, going through the Delta Quadrant without like days rest, just everyone working the hardest. They come across come across some coalition of alien races that are like, "Hey, just to lift our spirits, we have this annual race or whatever." Do you guys want to join it? And she goes, you know what? We need a break. We've been going hard, like, for... Oh, Janeway was never afraid to, like, avoid a break. Oh, heck no. And that, you know, that's that's a mark of a good captain. It's like, my crew's tired. They need time to just unwind. I'm not going to work them until they're broken, which sometimes I don't think other captains did. But they didn't give a whole lot of emphasis on shore leave and how to find ways to find reprieve from the oppressiveness of space. Yeah, but I think Janeway had that good... Oh, this is going to sound really stupid now that I just think about saying the words. That just, like, motherly quality of I'm going to take care of my crew. No, I get that. It's something that a lot of other captains didn't have. Well, because they were male. Yes. That's what I mean. As soon as the, this, that, that sentence from my in my brain, I'm like, uh, "Sexist." So that you're you're referring to the episode with the Delta Flyer. Yes. Well, that's the only flyer they had. Well, they wrecked it and then built another one. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that it's just like and and she geez. was the only captain, as far as I know, other than Picard, allowing. Troy and Riker to have a relationship. But, like... Bolana and... What's that? Bolana and Paris. That's what I'm getting at. She more or less, like, encouraged that. Yeah. I think it... Actually, something comes to mind. I think it's really late that we actually just informed this to our viewers. We are doing this over uh, subspace. Because yeah, of this the is the okay that we're trying to line up. So yeah, if our quality is not delay, what it normally is, apologies for that. Which isn't. Yeah, kind of plus makes no apologies. Absolutely not. Oh, he does he have? <laughs> we should have led with that when we were doing the intro, but anyway, that's okay. Your uh, your lead for this episode neglected that, so. I was not on the dock at the house. That was your turn, my friend. I know. I said that. <laughs> anyway. Shut up. 
All right, so we're still on mm-hmm. Kingsway. Um, among other things, so she's ha- effectively handled incorporating the entire Maquis ship into her crew yes. without killing them all. Because they kind of deserve that. They, did, but, well, they weren't no, the Maquis. Incorporates an entire Maquis ship in. Incorporates Tom Paris in, even though he's a Federation criminal. And she effectively rehabilitates him. How is he a criminal? I forget why, but he was. He was in a Federation prison prior a, to this. I think he was a deserter. That sounds right. I mean, it jives with Tom Paris a little bit. The Elcar's computer on that one. Um, His name is Eugene. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) And that, okay, so all those things are before they take on Cast and Neelix, before they take on Seven of Nine. Before they effectively make the EMH a sentient being, mm-hmm. so oh, that's how that's how Paris became a criminal. How what? How what? After he he apparently wanted to join, which I didn't know this. There's a Federation naval patrol. But um, his father, I guess, wanted him to go to Starfleet Academy, which he did. And when he graduated, he crashed the shuttle, uh, and he killed three other Starfleet officers instead of, you know, confessing to it and being afraid that he'd lose his commission. He like, covered everything up. That's right. Okay. Yeah. He, the guilt just crushed him. So he killed three people, and instead of just taking the blame for it, he tried to hide it. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Interesting. So I have a I have a proposal here. We've got probably about ten minutes. About ten minutes left. Let's let's go into to rapid fire mode, where where we've just I, I don't know. Oh, let's I just, think let's, I think there needs to be. Let's just name some captains. Any any minor captain we can think of, and just a quick spiel: good captain, bad captain, which. Can we incorporate the Kelvin race and alternate reality? We can incorporate people who are captain for just a bit. Like I'll, I'll, I'll start off. LaForge as captain. Well, you can take that. I'm gonna. I don't. I'm gonna take an interesting one. I'm gonna take um, Captain Jellico. Whoa. I know that name. Why do I know that? Captain Jellico took over for. Picard, when he went to go after the Cardassians, got himself captured and tortured, and there are five lights. Oh, yeah, there four, four lights. There are four lights. So, a, a big hit. Jellico was, was portrayed to be a worse captain than Picard. Yes, but that's not a very low bar. It's a very high bar to be a worse yeah. captain than Picard. And, you know, I think in some ways, I think a lot of times, like, Picard was captain of the Enterprise for many years at that point in time. The crew had become very accustomed to him and his his way of doing things. And Jellicoe just had a very different way of doing things. And it was probably unwise of him to switch the rotations and doing all these things in the middle of, a, in the middle of battle just because that's what he kind of wanted to do. But I tend to think that on the whole, he was a good captain. What was that? What? There's uh, some space turbulence right there. Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, it's all right. But I, I tend to think Jellico was a, a, a little breath of fresh air that shook everyone up and kept them on their toes. That's fair. Uh, I will take that and raise you Captain Philippa Georgiou. Philippa Georgiou, that's a good captain. Good or bad? Which version? Yes. <laughs> Arguably, well, well, no, Captain Philippa Georgiou. True, and then Empress Philippa Georgiou. Empress Philippa Georgiou was, Different. A, was, a, was a she-witch. She was, but also a good captain. Well, 
feel like discovery. we're missing something. Well, she Catherine and Empress. That's that's kind of where I'm. Bit of both. And as the end of as as current standings are with the USS Discovery, potentially captain again. Well, yeah, we'll see. Hard to say with that one. Um, but Philip Petrojo of Starfleet, very good captain. Why is that? She. Put somebody in charge in in a very position, like trusted position with Michael Burnham, despite reasons not to, and then also had a species that was very new to Starfleet as her science officer, uh, and trusted him explicitly with uh, what's his name, Saru. Mm-hmm. Granted, did she die a very admiral death? Not really. But I believe that from what we see of her, she does a great job of handling what's thrown at her in a very calm and efficient manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, 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 go, I'll go with that. So on to you. Uh-huh. I don't even know who else. I know one person who I just recently, I recently rewatched in the historical archives. Mm-hmm. Um, a Captain Benjamin Maxwell. Does that name that's ring a bell to anyone? Good, that's a good one. I can't place that one. Can you help me out? He was uh, O'Brien's commanding officer aboard the Rutledge, I believe. Okay, okay. It was during the early days of, I believe, the Federation Cardassian War. And he wanted to just essentially take out whole settlement on a planet of Cardassians because of what happened at that uh, what was it? Set like three yes, okay, okay, okay. And that's when Miles O'Brien gets that entire just amazing scene, so to speak, of just talking his captain down. But a decorated officer you know, according to Federation record. But yeah, that's that's the one you can get. Okay. I can appreciate that. I am uh, blanking on others. Um, I would go with... Oh. oh. What you got? Does a job officer count? Yeah. So you would have to take into account um, one of Picard's old flames, Philippa Louvois. Or <laughs> she was the one who was very instrumental in the uh, Measure of the Man case with Data. Right, right, right. And she also, she also persecuted Picard during the Stargazer trial. She, she didn't do very well during that trial. Um, but when she had a chance to redeem herself during the uh, during Data's trial, she actually did a very good job. And I remember her specifically saying, "It's like the whole case. There are questions that should be dealt with philosophers and saints, not something that would be done here. But whatever I do say here should send a message to the future, and it should be that Data is a sentient being with all the rights here and there of of whatever thing, which." Makes me think about what's going on in the current uh, storytelling of Card. They made sense. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. What? It is, and you know, <sighs> on on that topic, I would, I would also recommend Captain Data. Yeah, of the USS Sutherland. That's a fair point. Oh. Was that during the, the whole um when they made the great they did, yeah. The conflict between yeah. uh them and the Romulans. And the Klingons. And, yeah, and the Klingons helping them out. So in in that 
in that very limited instance and in limited time, I think that uh, Data was an excellent captain because he made some hard decisions that necessarily the most logical or the most straightforward, but mm -hmm. got the got the job done. And at the end of it, he took responsibility to the fleet captain, to Captain. Mm -hmm. And he took responsibility for that. And and at the end of it, he, he said, even though we were successful, I disobeyed orders and I should receive punishment. So kudos for to him for that. Heck yeah, man. Data's just great. While we're on regards to uh, random captains, the one I just learned about, who I hadn't heard of before, is Captain McKenna. Captain Mackenzie Calhoun of the uh, USS Excalibur. That sounds like a horrible boy band name. A little bit. Uh, according to this historical reference I'm reading, Captain Mackenzie Calhoun is the greatest Starfleet captain hardly anyone has heard of. He was only, only featured in a version of Star Trek history known as New Frontier and comic books, which so he didn't even get the full treatment that other captains were of his life being recorded for purposes on film, but instead he was only written down. But apparently he, um, he is very well thought of. Ah, while we're on, thought, on the thought of captains, another one. What about George Kirk? Oh, are we talking about uh, that Kelvin would be verse? We can we Kirk? can dive into Kelvin verse. I believe that that would be a good, a very good captain who's who survived the. Uh, the uh, you mean I survived can't, nothing? Can't <laughs> he was a captain he for twelve minutes. He didn't survive squad. He died. He's the reason the Kobayashi Maru happened. Correct. Survived was not the word I wanted to use. Who gave his life at the onslaught? That's the word. Our onslaught of the oh, what was that called? Naruda? Uh, yes, Naruda. Naruda. Yeah, that. Naruda. Yes. He was captain of it for twelve minutes and saved eight hundred lives, according to Christopher Pike. So was it? Yeah. That you said this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I I just want to say I remember seeing. I, I want to say I just recall seeing that whole opening clip to the historical mm -hmm. archive. I was like, "This is yeah, awesome. absolutely." We did mention William T. Riker as a captain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the USS uh, Titan. Yeah, captain of the Titan. A good ship. <laughs> he was also captain of um of the Enterprise and during a alternate timeline. That's line, correct. Timeline during a uh, mirror universe. It was a mirror universe. It was alternate timeline. Well, and, and even for a, a time during the uh, during the Borg invasion. That's true. Yes, but he was willing to sacrifice his old friend and captain to save the many. The needs of the many are way Indeed. Sulu. Yeah. Sulu was the captain of the Excelsior. Ooh, Captain Sulu. Captain Sulu. Remember, he was the one who was a uh, rescue Kirk and Spock. Yeah. He I was mean, the captain at the time in the Beta Quadrant. I would tend to say not the most obedient of captains. Not but, particularly. But got the job done. He did play a key role in the Kittimer Conference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of that, how about uh, good old Captain Spock? Good, good follow up. I... In, in which, which oh, way? Oh, several ways. I mean, Captain Spock as as um, captain of the Enterprise until Admiral Kirk took over in the Con conflict, because as he does. As he did. 
but then who got demoted back to captain? Well, that was interesting because he held the rank of captain, but not necessarily... He just wasn't in command. But he was in command. Yeah. So there were there was several ones, because you could even go with um, Scotty. True. Scotty held the rank of captain. He did, have, he did hold but, the rank of captain. But not the position. Yeah. Jefferson? He had a seat on the council, but not the rank of master. Not the rank of master. Take a seat, young Batman. What is this? It's unfair. How can you do this? <laughs> I believe that it would be a good note for us to end on there, unless there's further tonnage. We we could we could captain on on into the night, but since we've already we diverted into new Frontiers would probably be a good time to end it. My uh, my my Andorian shipwreck is almost dry, so washing ashore. <laughs> I'm not happy. Well said. Well said. Well, it's it been fun. It's good to know that it's good to know that coronavirus can't stop this, or Andorian flu, or Tarkasian flu, or whatever yeah. the heck you want to say. So I think we'll have plenty of more time for. More podcasts, auditory discussion across subspace. I'm using their lingo of their time. I know, I know, but I'm trying to be accessible to the young people. Well, it's not out here. Also, (laughs) yes. Also, part of me does want to go back and delve into Janeway, for lack of a better term. We we can. I, can, I think there's more to be said. We can penetrate that topic as hard and as long as you want. Repeatedly. <laughs> I try not to. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. I I had to, to pounce. Is that the name of the episode? Low I think it fruit. is. It, it deserves thought. Yeah, I definitely think it is. Low hanging, low hanging captains. Low hanging captains. I like that. Captains of low hanging fruit. We'll 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 discuss in post. Indeed. So, to conclude. All right. Kabla. Kabla. <laughs>